Welcome. This is Crime Noir, a true crime podcast telling our stories. And I'm your host, Candace, and this is Case 8, The Disappearance of Tremaine Peak. sponsored by Jasmine's Nail Obsession. Jasmine Nail Obsession is a luxury private nail studio that specializes in healthy nail care. Owner Jasmine T is a licensed nail professional and leading nail technician in the DC metropolitan area. She provides premium nail care services for women and men. She's located in Suitland, Maryland. Jasmine's Nail Obsession is just minutes away from the Washington DC metropolitan area. Y'all, I recently had my nails done by Jasmine, and when I tell you they are so cute, I literally just saw her on Saturday, so I am so happy to be partnering with her. I will definitely post my nails on Crime Noir's Instagram. I hope you guys go to her. She is currently having um, a special with Crime Noir. If you visit her website at jasminenailobsession.com and type in code Crime Noir, you'll get a special discount. You can follow her on Instagram at jasminenailobsession and on Facebook at the same thing. I recommend her totally, you guys. Lots of color co- um, collection, really intricate designs, very professional, has a great atmosphere, just totally amazing guys go check out her website go book an appointment with her and get back to me and let's get to the show although today's episode does not feature explicit language it does contain violent themes listener discretion is advised so today i'm going to be talking about a case that i had absolutely no clue about never heard of it never seen it on the internet never saw it on the news i actually um came across this case when I was on charlieproject.org. I recommend that everybody go visit that site if you're interested in um, the disappearance of missing people or anything like that because it's a great database of uh, cases and that's where I get a lot of my information from about missing people from. It's a shame that this case made zero noise nationally and once y'all hear about the facts of the case, it seems like it should be pretty open and shut. I have no idea why it hasn't been resolved, but I'll let you guys come to your own conclusions. Um, this will probably be a shorter episode because there's little, literally very minimal information on this case. But as you guys know, the purpose of Crime Noir is to talk about the less known cases. So I hope that me talking about his disappearance, maybe one person who hears it know something and can recollect it and tell the police. So let's just jump in, guys. So Tremaine Michael Peake disappeared from Cocoa, Florida on November 19, 2007. He was about 6'1 with tattoos on both arms. He was last seen at 1305 North Fist Boulevard. So this is where it kind of gets weird. Um, so he was on the phone with his girlfriend when he disappeared. They have not named who the girlfriend is, so I don't know if they're trying to keep it a secret to protect her. I mean, it's literally nowhere on the internet. As I said previously, there is not a lot of information about this case on the internet, so I'm just going with what I could find. 
So while they were on the phone together, she could hear Tremaine arguing with his roommates. And during this argument, she heard a loud noise, what she believed to be a gunshot. And then she heard a roommate inquire about Tremaine's well-being. And after that, Tremaine has not been seen or heard from since. So during the course of the investigation, a witness in the apartment complex observed two males drag a rolled up carpet down the steps on the outside of the apartment complex. A woman was also observed to be cleaning by wiping after them the rolled up mat. So hmm, that sounds really interesting to me. And his girlfriend did go back to his apartment and one of his roommates told her that an argument did occur But afterwards, he took Tremaine to a medical center in Rockledge, Florida. The family learned that it was a lie. He had not been at any medical center in Rockledge, Florida or anywhere local, which is crazy to me. So he's never been seen or heard from again. again, And they don't know what happened to him, although they do suspect that it is foul play just because two people, two independent witnesses said that they heard things so yeah so my personal theories on this case is that Tremaine is probably deceased um I do believe his girlfriend witnessed him being murdered at least well ear witnessed him being murdered um I believe his roommates did it what I do find interesting is that police um haven't released any of their names I wonder if they're even still investigating this I know When I was researching, I did come across like a reward for them. They are offering like a $5,000 reward for information on the whereabouts of Tremaine. So I wonder what they, I wonder why it's not set in stone. Um, I'd be curious to read that case file as to why they haven't made an arrest in this one. I mean, like I said, there's not enough information out there to really you know, come up with some deep theories, but I guess whatever the argument about escalated clearly and then he was murdered and they dispose of him somewhere so it's just sad to kind of hear about this stuff and how it doesn't make national news I mean you really don't hear that many stories of black men going missing make national news or even local news there's like five articles on Tremaine so I'm just using crime noir to maybe get the interest going again for Tremaine if you have any information on the whereabouts of Tremaine Peak please contact Cocoa Police Department at 321-639-7620. And that wraps up today's case. Let's get into some noir news. So did y'all hear about the serial killer that was just apprehended in Detroit? Like, this is so crazy to me, y'all. I feel like this is not being talked about enough because just wow. So the police linked the deaths of three women women found in abandoned houses. Um, And he also attacked two other women, but the two women that he did assault fought back and were able to get away from him. The police um, arrested 34-year-old D'Angelo Kenneth Martin, and all his victims were found in abandoned houses that were kind of boarded up. So that's like, crazy and all of his victims were sex workers and or drug abusers and let's just talk for a second let's just pause for a second and talk about how sometimes this population is so vulnerable that when they're preyed upon and murdered people really don't 
care because they're sex workers and they're not seen as respectable. So their murders sometimes go by the wayside because they don't have careers or professions or they've made poor decisions. And that's that's kind of sad. So it's it's nice to see that there was some kind of justice or at least there's justice trying to occur and it is making some kind of news as well. To add, there's a lot more victim blaming that occurs when people uh, cause violence against sex worker and drug um, drug users. So it's definitely important that we be mindful of other people's professions, even if we do not agree with them. But let's get back to the facts. Most of his victims were fifty were in their fifties, although one victim is twenty six and she's currently alive. So that's a blessing. Police did say that D'Angelo did have a signature pattern, which allowed them to leak each crime scene. And they're not releasing what that signature pattern is. But my speculation is that it's the way he killed them. But that's just my personal opinion. And he was charged with raping and stabbing one of the surviving victims on May 6th. He has been arraigned on one count of assault with intent to murder and four counts of criminal sexual assault. And according to police, he is homeless. So this is just crazy. This gets crazier and crazier as I keep reading about it. Police first found a half naked decomposed body of a woman inside a vacant building. At first, investigators believed she died because she overdosed. But then later, a medical examination determined that she died due to blunt force trauma. And that makes me side-eye because an OD and blunt force trauma probably look completely different. But I won't even go there with y'all right now. Then in May, another woman was found. She was found partially naked also in a vacant home. And then a couple of days later, a, a sex worker found yet another woman dead in an abandoned home. So he was he was on a he was on a roll, y'all. After all those bodies started to show up in abandoned houses, that's when police finally started to believe there was a serial killer on the loose. Police believe the women were lured to the homes and then killed. The two women found deceased were Nancy Harrison and Trevescence Ellis. Sorry if I'm saying her name wrong. And the third one hasn't been publicly named yet. I'll definitely be updating the the podcast with this information as we learn more. So let's move on to my next story of the week. Rapper Trey the Kid was shot and killed over this weekend in Annapolis, Maryland. Police received a phone call about shots fired and found a single vehicle crash at the scene. Trey was 32 at the time and he died from his wounds. According to CNN, he gained national attention after winning Verizon's Freestyle 50. He won $10,000 in a record deal with this, which I think is pretty cool. I hadn't heard of him prior to his death, but I did go out check out his song Run It, and I think it's pretty cool. So i just like to send my condolences to his family, and I hope that they find the perpetrator. My last story is about Winner DeGroy. Um, You guys might know him as Flo. He was formerly signed to YMCMB, and y'all know that's Young Money Cash Money Billionaires. And he was signed to them in 2012. He was actually supposed to be Lil Wayne's protege. He was arrested in 2015 for murder. Authorities say that Flo and his friend Jonathan Evans shot two brothers. 
They shot 22-year-old Kendrick and 18-year-old Kendrick Bishop as they sat inside of a van. Police found Flo's phone at the scene and also surveillance footage of him right before the shooting. Authorities believe Flo and Evans thought Kendrick and Kendrick stole guns and money for him, and that's why they killed him. In April, he was found guilty of two counts of second-degree murder. And just recently, he was sentenced to life in prison. So that's crazy to me how you can go from Little Wayne's protege to murderer locked up for life because that's what they sentenced him to. So yikes. And that wraps up today's episode. Please continue to like, share, and subscribe to Crime Noir on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Please follow me on Instagram at Crime Noir the Podcast and on Twitter at CrimeXNoir. And I also started incorporating a missing person of the day. So I'm just highlighting stories that literally have zero information. I'm talking less information than Tremaine did. So I'm going to be spotlighting them on Instagram and Twitter as well. I will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>